Welcome to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast, where we explore how our experiences can be a powerful source of insight into how we create fitness results that last a lifetime. I'm your host, Coach Caleb, and on today's episode, I am joined by Erin Moore of Erin Moore Coaching for a discussion about her background and how she got into fitness, her recent experience at the N1 Practical in Colorado, and more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast. Today, I am very excited to welcome and be joined by Aaron Moore of Aaron Moore Coaching. Say hi, Aaron. Hello. Yeah, welcome Hello. to the show. Um, and you know, since people you know may or may not know who you are, I assume that they do. You all should. Um, but if they don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into fitness? And then we can even talk about a little bit how we know each other. Okay, sounds good. I am Erin Moore. I am a um, mom, wife, 17 years almost, and a mom of four kids um, and a bunch of animals. We live on four acres in Mississippi, um, just outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and, um, I was an in-person trainer go way back. I do not have a background in fitness. I, I did, I was not sports person, athletic growing up. Um, just tried to stay active. Um, I went to school for business undergrad and graduate degree. And then I became an in-person trainer when my older two kids were very small and uh, was a trainer for a few years in person, just a good old NASM certified personal trainer, um, you know, make them sweat and um, send them on their way uh, for a few years. And then when my third child was born, I stayed home, kind of got out of the fitness um, industry with uh, the hope of coming back one day. So about um, three, two, or three years ago, uh, for, well, let's see, my, my youngest is now four and a half. So after she was born, then I re kind of restarted my own fitness journey after childbearing years were done and, um, and was able to get back in the gym slowly, but surely kind of chip away at some old habits that had fallen by the wayside. And um, then decided to pull the plug on getting recertified and all the things and started and, and thank goodness online coaching was a thing then. And so I never had to go back to it just fit my lifestyle really well and um, launched Aaron Moore Coaching uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. And, and we'll get into this in a moment. But like, I, I find it so cool, because I have, I feel privileged uh, to have kind of like, watched Aaron Moore coaching develop. And it was funny, because I remember, like, I think I started following you when you had less followers than me, but I was like, 300 people. And you had like, you know, a couple hundred. And then just like to watch how, you know, it's just cool when you watch someone on Instagram, like build this like tight knit community and, you know, it's really cool. And like, I even watch your stories and do things like that. Cause I just find it like so uh -huh. enjoyable. Um, but <laughs> so that's, that's kind of a cool thing. Another thing though, that I find interesting is I didn't know 
um because maybe i'm not watching your stories <laughs> closely enough but uh <laughs> we both have a business background so like i had started in-person training and then um you know, grew tired of that. Um, and then I went into finance and did like an undergrad degree, no graduate degree in business. Um, and then kind of came back as well, you know, like stepped away from that in person at some point. I know our, you know, order of operations is a little different, but kind of stepped back and then came into it just for online because it was like, you know, that's kind of the lifestyle that I wanted. I thought I could help more people, um, you know, on, on a cost basis with online and you kind of get to give people a, a more wholesome service. When I found when I was in person, it's just like your workout's done skedaddle. Um, and I've got my next client type thing. So I just thought that was pretty cool and interesting to hear. Um, so maybe I knew, maybe I'd forgotten though, that we had that kind of like similar background and, uh, and it makes sense. Cause you seem to have, you know, a good strong foundation in, in your business as you build it. Um, but with that, like how that must have been pretty cool because it's been how long? Can you remind me? I know you said just said it, but how long have you been working Aaron Moore coaching online? Because it's been pretty quick that it's grown. It's been very quick. Yeah. It was. Um, I made the decision that we were going to do it in November of 2021. Wow. We launched in January 2022. And so about a year and a half we've been like open wow. for business. Yeah. yeah. It has you... been fast. It's been way faster than I ever anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. Cause like, so I like when you do like your uh, Q and a on Instagram, I'm always so jealous. Cause it's like, you've got, and I mean, I, I don't think that you're in there putting in questions, but you get so much engagement and you get so many people that want your advice. And I think, and this is the reason that I had wanted you on the podcast is because I think that you offer a very realistic look at fitness, right? Like you are living, you know, you have four kids, as you said, you have a family, you have animals, you have a property that, you know, likely takes upkeep, all of these things. And you're running a, a growing business that's probably growing quite quickly compared to what you maybe anticipated at the in the early days. And I think that at least what I see and what resonates with me is that you've got this way of doing fitness, um, you know, as we had kind of mentioned before we we recorded, that works with your life, right? Like you work fitness into your life. It's a part of your life. Whereas I think that so often in our culture now or in the fitness industry right now, there the option given is like, you know, you need to make sacrifices. You need to put fitness first until you get fit. And, uh, you know, you, you said you've listened to a few of my episodes, so you know that I don't really jive with that. But um, how did that kind of methodology come to you? Like, how did you form that? Was it just your own experience or how did that come about? That's a great question. I think that a part of it truly is like your personality. I tend to be like just a, a more moderate person. Um, in a lot of spheres of life. Um, but just in t instead of kind of going to extremes on anything, just, just kind of um, learning to live somewhere in the middle. Um, but then also just the ex people see now, you know, my life four years post having children, but my oldest child is 15. And so they didn't see my life you know, years one of motherhood to year 11 of motherhood. 
Like they've just seen the past and well, and I've only had my Instagram account for the past 18 months or so, not even two years. So, so it was the work that, that happened, you know, in those, in those years, um, the repeated like trial and error or what, what some may see as trial and failure and trial and failure. And then having another baby or nursing and, and, you know, your body is just not your own for years on end. It can, it can be, um, and then combine in there with, with work and other responsibilities. And, and you just kind of have to learn to prioritize what truly needs to be prioritized and let the other things go. So once I was able to get to a point when I knew we were done having kids, when I knew that you know, we had officially launched kind of into a new season of our lives. Um, then that's when you could start seeing things more in um, kind of get a, getting a vision of what the future could look like um, when you start to get like a little bit of your time back for yourself. Um, and that's when I just started small. Like you just start going on walks taking your kids with you. You just start drinking the water. You start um, eating some protein <laughs> instead of just bagels all day or whatever. Um, you know, you start on these little small things. And and I think one thing that people just neglect is just letting themselves learn along the way. Like it is okay to be a beginner and to be a beginner for years. And that might just mean taking, you know, going on walks. And that's all the movement you get for a few years on end. Yes, it's optimal to be strength training. Yes, it's optimal to, you know, add in some cardio. But optimal does not always, you know, correspond with the life season that you're in. And so I think just um, just slowing things down, accepting the circumstances that you have, um, letting go of the timeline, working with your life, instead of against your life all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't remember what your question was now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you answered it. I don't remember okay. the exact verbiage. It was kind of how you okay. came along to that. And and I like that you, you gave us a, a bit of a background of how you came to be at the point you're at in terms of your philosophy on training. And then I also think what, what I like is that you gave a little bit of insight into your philosophy on training. And, you know, listeners will kind of understand after hearing that why – I, you know, wanted you on the show because I think we have a lot of similar views. Um, yeah. And, you know, I came from not being, it's interesting because you said you've kind of always been a moderate person or like struck balance and gone that middle way. And I was probably the opposite of that in that I'm a very extreme person and it's taken a lot of patience. And, you know, that you kind of, when you said being a beginner, it reminded me of, um, and I know this concept, I think it comes from Buddhism of some kind of like beginner's mind, but Dr. Ben House, who is a, a PhD in nutrition, um, really, really great guy in terms of like, I don't know him, but I like a really great person in terms of education. We follow him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We follow him. Um, he, I've emailed him once or twice for technical issues. Um, but um, he has that idea, right. Of like, you know, we're, we're working with a beginner's mind. We're always seeking to kind of understand. And I talk a lot about that too, in, in a lot of things here. But what I really appreciate about kind of what you're saying is it is like, you know, it's better to like start going on walks and then learn how can I work walking and being active into my life as it is. And it's like, 
that is a difference maker that like we don't need to be uh, overhauling and being optimal i really don't you know and if you heard like the episode with val that we did or you like that episode was all about optimization and basically the fact that you know i'm neither of us are really keen on it because it kind of does away or it's an attempt to do away with what is it is to be human right to be imperfect and to learn through experience so Anyway, as I babble, um, which I do a lot, um, I really resonate with all that you're saying. And I think my listeners will and the listeners that, you know, are, are listening for you being on here. Uh, I think that they'll all resonate with that kind of idea that we can you can take it slow. You can work with your life and you can really, you know, orient yourself to learning how that looks. And, you know, that's kind of what I've started calling experience orientation is we do these things we acknowledge the experience that arises from it what feelings you know emotions things are coming up from that and we learn from that to pursue our fitness goals now kind of shifting gears a little bit just because I'm interested to hear, um, you recently went to an N1 practical, like very recently, last yeah. weekend at the yeah. time of this recording. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so I've been, I'm, I think people know this. I'm also an N1 educated coach. I've been to two practicals um, and they are unbelievable as always. Um, why don't you, what was your favorite thing about the N1 practical and, and how did you like it? Um. Aside from Ellie, she was probably my <laughs> Which favorite. Which is Cassim's dog, who is quite the character. <laughs> Just this little mascot. It's always present. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I think my favorite thing, because quite honestly, a lot of the information still felt so high level. Um, and while, you know, it was back to like being okay with being a beginner, because I very much felt like a beginner. I was there with people, you know, who have been working on their physique goals or their personal goals or their business goals for years and years longer than I have. So um, going in, like being okay with being uncomfortable, with not being the leanest person there, not being the strongest person, although I was the strongest girl there um, <laughs> and <laughs> still got to, I got to hold on to that one. Um, and not being, you know, the smartest person there. Um, so going and feeling like it's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to be the beginner here. Um, uh, so, so a lot of the information did feel like not over my head, but I was still putting pieces together, you know, as I was going. But I think I was so encouraged by, because I knew I was going to be going into this, you know, state-of-the-art facility with the best equipment available for, you know, to get the the, the best results and all the things. Um, I, I was so surprised to leave with the understanding that with a basic understanding of anatomy and execution, biomechanics and execution, you can do, you can optimize, you know, I I like optimization in context, you know, like everyone's optimization is going to look a lot different. Um, But you can optimize in any circumstance, really. So you've probably, I mean, you see that I work out in my gym and it's a pretty, you know, for a home gym, it's a pretty good home gym. But even if you didn't have, you know, all of the things that I had access to, how much we can really get done with just a basic understanding of moving movement patterns and, you know, what it is, if, if we want to work a particular muscle, what, what do we do? And then, okay, what do we have available 
and go from there. Um, so that was probably my favorite part, like how simple things really are. Yes, it's almost like this weird model of principles that feels really complex. And you're like, oh, no, no, when you kind of get into it. But then it does really simplify things, especially for the client is what I found. Because, and like you said, on optimization, it's like, I do believe in, so it's like, I don't believe in the general, like, trying to become an optimal person. Yeah, but as like you this, said, this standard that's just too yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we're basically using it as another word for perfection, right? Or perfection, or to be perfected. yeah. Mm-hmm. But for, for sure, like in the context, like you said, like if we let the context hold limitations, we can optimize within it. And, and you know, something that I also love about all of that is, you know, you can, when you learn how to set something up and like and do these things and think about exercises in different ways you actually it's more than you know oh you're gonna hit this head of the bicep it's like what I end up using it more for is like if you sit here and do this you will hit this muscle and now you don't have to worry about anything and you can just like like train right and we can stop thinking about Uh all of these things and then people have to do less work, right? Because they're getting more out of each exercise. Um, injuries start to reduce. And then it's just, it it becomes more of a seamless process to coach someone through that. But um, also to your point, what I love about my experience with N1 is, you know, like you said, there are people with that have been working on their physiques and their business and their knowledge base for years right or their strength or whatever and you know I was not the smartest person not the leanest person not the strongest not the biggest not any of that stuff but what I really love about it is that once you're there what I think people value and appreciate the most is an earnest willingness to kind of like humble yourself to your environment and just try to soak up as much as you can and you know there's that you can really truly engage in a in a real learning environment that is strictly for that like it's not about you know yeah I could go in and and you know try to out leg press when I was there I was with Austin Current um I don't oh know dear if you know Austin. Uh-huh. so Austin's <laughs> legs are are like the size of my waist um so I was not out doing Austin on anything um and so anyway um you know, you can't do that. But what you can do, no matter where you're coming from, is really engage there and kind of find like a a very receptive place to to learn, right? Um, What was your favorite piece of equipment? Oh, dear. Um, I really loved and I don't even think that it's released yet that that I think it was a prime like row machine that's kind of like arcing at the top and you can do like it's on two arms. I don't even know what it's called, but it was, I loved, I loved that machine. I like, I, I liked the pendulum squat a lot more than I thought I was going to like the pendulum squat. Yeah. Um, That's not common. I don't think that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so at all. Um, it was comfortable. It felt comfortable for me in a way that the hack squat sometimes does not feel comfortable. Um, uh, so that was nice. And, and that dang leg press, I even oh, kind of yeah. liked that one, the single leg, you know, the, yeah, the hip one. drive one. That's like a pendulum yeah. squat for your booty. Yes. Yeah. For your- <laughs> yeah. The torture yes. machine. Uh, it was, yeah. it was absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So those were probably my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, they were, I love also the lat, like the lat one that I don't know what it's called technically either, but it's like, it could be a pull down, it could be a row, it could be single armed, all of those things. Um, very, very cool. Um, so now we're jumping around a lot. And and I mean, this is kind of what I like to do. But um, so let's go back to to kind of like coaching and, and your methodology around that and stuff. Um and and let's kind of break it down to just like basic principles, you know, like if someone's coming to you to work on their fitness goals, what are kind of the things that you really make sure to do to ensure that you're really helping that person in in their life, right? Like everyone and, and you know, with N1, I'm sure that this is, you've heard this many times and stuff, but, you know, we're looking at these individuals as actual individuals. And so I'm I'm curious to know kind of how you look at people when they kind of come to you and how you see your role as as a fitness coach, you know? And and I mean, we know that we're fitness coaches, but like, you know, we've got so many different things that we can kind of do and different ways that we can go about things. So I'm kind of curious to hear right. your approach. Yeah. I think it all starts with, uh, well, my intake form, like my application is pretty lengthy. <laughs> so it's kind You're of an long. essay professor? Uh, yes. Not I a multiple really choice like one? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Like, tell me things, tell me things. And then honestly, if I'm not, if I get like an application with just like one word answers on it, then it's kind of, I don't want to say a red flag, but like, I want to, I, I want to know a lot more than that. Um, so I think it just starts at, with, with listening. Like, I need to know about you. Like, what are we really starting with? What are we really, um, and then there are a few, you know, red flags. Like if, if we're talking about like, some big triggers or shame issues or body, you know, these things that, that indicate like we should probably be spending money on, you know, therapy before coaching. Um, I try to like find those or, or see if we can nail that down before we get started because <laughs> I'm not a therapist. Um, yeah. And then after that, we just kind of start with, it's completely individual. So really like no one client is going to start at the same place. So one client might, might start with not tracking a single thing and just like telling me what they ate in a day. Like just, just write it down for me and send me a picture <laughs> or take a picture. I don't care. Like just, let's just see what we're working with. But honestly, the first couple of weeks, and I do work like more long-term with clients, like six months or a year. Um, and so we take things by quarter. We do quarterly planning. And so every quarter we're on the phone or on Zoom or something, planning out the next quarter and kind of um, troubleshooting the last quarter or things that went well or things we need to work on and kind of deciding what our focus is going to be for that next quarter. So um so yeah, everything is just so, so individual. We might start with, you know, I do get some advanced clients who come in and they are ready to kind of go to the next level with wherever they are. And so, you know, we, we might look more at things like, you know, carb timing and things like that around their workouts and really periodizing um, their training with their nutrition to kind of like get those, you know, more advanced progressions. Um but the everyday person, the everyday mom, when we're just trying to, to lay those foundational habits. And so we start with steps, getting outside, 
taking a shower, <laughs> like you're getting by yourself, like these very basic, like, are you taking care of yourself to where you are functioning in a way that um, ultimately, like you're going to feel your best and, and your relationship with your people is going to be the best that it can be because you feel good. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. I do find so often that, um, you know, a big thing to start is just like, you know, fitness is a way in which you can give, like you can basically have more to give. And I, and I find it interesting because I, I often have clients come where, you know, there's that kind of apprehension to do something for themselves because they want to, you know, I want to be there for my family. I don't have time to do this. I've got work and so on. And, you know, it can often be that thing where it's like, yeah, like getting up, taking a shower, you know, eating, like you said, a little bit more protein than bagels every day. These little things that don't have like a big tangible impact on a life, but can really bring out, you know, a lot of energy and allow you to give a little bit more or allow you to reinvest a little bit more in yourself. Um, that's often, I, I find, one of the main things that, we, that we're doing. Um, and something that I really keyed in on too. Oh, go ahead, Aaron. Did you have something? No, you're good. Uh, we treat a lot of things as practice, you know, like we're going to, we're going to practice this this week, you know, so, so, you know, giving them a goal, but disguising it as practice. And, and um, so you're not kind of setting them up, you know, with their 10,000 steps, but we're just practicing 10,000 steps. So, so let's just see how, how well we can practice this week, or even like a little smaller amounts and calorie deficits, you know, we're going to take six weeks just to practice calorie deficit you know like this is just a little small one we're just practicing for the future so also that idea of you know if we if we make progress awesome but also it's just going to give them more confidence you know with their skills moving into kind of the next phase whatever the next phase is yeah yeah and that that seems to take a little bit of weight off of the goal right and it's kind of like um we had talked about earlier, like to me, when I hear that, it's like, that's like the shifting from the goal orientation where we're really hyper-focused on the goal and giving a little bit more to the process, but also like taking off the pressure of the goal a little bit. Yeah. Because it's funny, mm -hmm. I would assume that when you practice a calorie deficit, you end up getting the exact same things out of it as when you do one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Um, but it's it's a lot different, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like when we practice something, it is an area in which we are meant to make mistakes, right? It's not like when you think of when I hear practice, I'm thinking like sports, right? Or like um, music. Like if you have a recital, it's like make all the mistakes you want in practice, get them out. And then, you know. It, but then the thing is, like, over time when you're practicing, it's like, eventually, if you get to, like, the day before music recital, the practice is going pretty well, um, you know, if you've prepared and practiced enough. So I really, I really like that approach. Um, the other thing well, that I really... take that... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> to take that analogy, to take that music analogy, like, farther, uh, the concept of, like, discipline brings freedom. So this, I don't know where I learned this, but... Um, but discipline brings freedom. So, so to, to use that music analogy, you know, years and years of practice and practice and practice and practice, or like learning a language, you know, years of practice and practice and practice. And then one day we realize like we've mastered it. Like we, we have the knowledge and now kind of, we have the wisdom, the, the application of the knowledge. And so then when we go, we can sit down at the piano and play whatever we want because we put in the practice, we put in the years. And so now we have the freedom 
to truly master something. Like we can sit down and do what we want. We can speak the language. We can go into a calorie deficit knowing that we know exactly what to do and exactly how to execute it. And then we're no longer like a slave and a victim to the circumstances that, that brought us there. Cause we have the skills, we've mastered them. We've, we've been practicing them for a long time. And so now we can execute them. Like takes a lot of the, of the pressure off. Yeah. You feel like you're good at something. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to yeah. ask one question about the discipline thing, too, because um, so I've heard that saying, too, of discipline equals freedom. And when I hear it or, or like discipline leads to freedom. Right. And when I hear it, there's a certain way that I interpret that where I'm like, eh, I'm not a big fan. But mm -hmm. I want to clarify, too, and, and ask a little bit more is so when you're talking about it, it's like you're saying that, like, by the discipline of, of kind of repeated action, you then the freedom that results from it is that, you know, it becomes kind of second nature, right? Because what I'm yeah. concerned with, and like, so there's a one book called discipline equals freedom, right? And it's like very stringently going into that. And it's written by a Navy SEAL. So you can imagine that the structure of that is is to say that being disciplined, so always being disciplined, leads to freedom. And when I hear that, I'm like, I don't really buy that Not because then you disciplined. are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then that's the thing. And then you're a slave to discipline, right? And the moment you're undisciplined, you are now, um, you know, like what's going to happen? But that's not what you're saying. No, I'd probably, I would probably reword it as, you know, and we would have to go back and define our terms and all of those fun things. But, but, but more like practice equals freedom is probably what I would say. Like habits equal freedom or practice equals freedom. Yeah. Well, and mm -hmm. you even said, you didn't yeah. say discipline equals freedom when you first said it, you said discipline mm -hmm. leads to freedom. And leads I do agree to, yeah. that we can, we can take mm -hmm. disciplined action. And then that's the other thing. When you say discipline equals freedom, you are literally defining it as like when you are in the discipline box, you are free. That's how I like, it, it's like very close Whereas when you're saying discipline leads to freedom, it's like, when I even hear that, I'm like, well, Aaron's not saying that we need to discipline, like be disciplined to practice every single day at the same time, all the time. And then we're free because we're doing that. You're more saying that like, if you keep showing up, right. And it's like, there's yeah. that consistency and that discipline to keep coming back to it. Eventually the skill that you build from that is going to give yes. you freedom in the area. Right. Like, you know, you practice piano scales all the time and, you know, you're disciplined in that you keep returning. You never give up. And then all of a sudden you have the freedom that you can play any piece of music because you understand the scales. Right. And you can play them. Is that like a fair characterization? Yeah, I think so. And I think if we applied it to, you know, health, fitness, if um, one thing that I point out with my clients a lot, you know, if, we've, if we're six months into working together, finding something that was really difficult for them at the beginning. So whether it was, you know, maybe they were getting 2000 steps a day when, when they started with me and now we're consistently getting six or 8,000 and they don't even have to think about it anymore. You know, like what was once six months ago, really hard and difficult. They've taken the time um, the practice, the showing up, the the persistent work in the same direction. <laughs> um, and then one day that they don't have to think about their steps anymore. Like we're on to the next, the next little thing that we're chipping away at. 
because now, you know, that freedom piece has come. They don't have to worry about it anymore because they've put in that, that effort over time, that practice over time to where um, things become easy like that freedom piece comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. And and I also like to think too, like when we're talking about disciplining ourselves or practicing or anything, something that I like to think about too is it's like to, to what are you being disciplined, right? Like if we're disciplined to ourselves, right? So it's like I could be disciplined to get steps, 10,000 steps, no matter what, rain or shine, because I'm disciplined to 10,000 steps. Whereas, you know, when you're practicing, when you're kind of going in with this learner's mind, it's more about like, I'm going to be disciplined to find my way in this realm of activity. And as I keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing, it's going to carve out the way that I I know is working for me. And then as you said, you know, it starts as I continue to do that, it starts to become kind of automatic. We don't have to think about it. There's not as much conscious effort to it. And that's where the freedom comes from. Yeah. And, and sorry. So I, I liked, I wanted to break down into that because I've done an episode where I kind of um, poo pooed on the discipline equals freedom thing. And so I, <laughs> I, but I knew that there was like some nuance to what we were talking about. And so I wanted to clear that up. So thank you for, uh, for jumping in with that too. Um, and, and playing along and, and offering your perspective. Cause I think it's very important that, um, that when I'm saying that too, we're not saying that discipline is not good, right? Or is not useful, right? It's just, we're saying, we're trying to correct what we're talking about, right? And avoid the extreme attitudes that I love so much. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so I homeschool my kids. I don't, I think, I don't know if I mentioned that we've always homeschooled our kids. Another, another story for another day, but, um, part um, so we kind of are, have used the classical method of education for the whole time we've been educating our kids. Part of that is studying Latin. And so this is a, t- you can edit this out if you want to, but um, so we <laughs> I take discipline. Will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we take the word discipline and that Latin root. Do you know it? Do you know anything about Latin? I don't know. I, I know okay. some okay. because I read some authors that love yeah, Latin. The but, who, yeah. Who will say, yeah. But the Latin root is discipuli, which means learner, student. It mean it just means to learn. So like learner, student, like we're just if we break it down and kind of let go of the connotation, then yeah, discipline just means like we are just learning in the same direction. Like we're oh, just Oh man, you're turning me into a disciplined disciple it. right now. I love I love <laughs> like I'm a sucker for That's that. The same, I know. It's the same word. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, so. so I read a lot of like what what's called depth psychology and they constantly are like, well, psychology in like the Greek is psyche, yeah. which is this. And you know, and they're like it's tending <laughs> to the soul. Like and all yeah, of these kind of right. like breaking it apart. So I lo- like the etymology of these words. So I love that. Yes, yeah. So it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And we've lost like 40 people, but we, I know, we, didn't, want I know. Them. we didn't want them anyway. <laughs> um, this is what we wanted to talk about. Um, this is your free Latin lesson. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So do you like read, can you read Latin? Like if you were to read a book that was written in Latin? <laughs> So I, we would be able to translate a good bit of it. So that wow. Latin's funny in that there's no, you know, there's no articles, there's no A and the 
word order doesn't really matter in Latin. And so you kind of, but if you, but last Latin, the nice thing about it is that it's systematic. So if you think about math, like what math does for the math side of your brain, like the numbers and analytical side of your brain, lot or Latin does for the language side of your brain. So it's like a way of training your brain to think logically and orderly. So it's, it's really cool. And so and, and it's like 70% of all romance languages, like the, their roots are Latin. So, so when you're talking about, you know, learning other languages or understanding big concepts, if you know something about Latin and roots, then you could probably figure it out. Wow. So, so you know, if I signed up for Aaron Moore coaching, could I just get the Latin lessons? <laughs> can we, Latin can lessons? we do that? Um, we can do some fitness stuff too, handy. but it's like, like I, I, I would love that. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the muscles are probably yes. named from Latin, aren't they? A lot they? of them. Uh-huh. Several of them. Yeah. Had their roots. Yeah. Um, and even like Latin, genus yeah. and species of animals, I'm sure you can get into as well. Yes. Very well. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. That mm-hmm. yeah. I actually don't know what to say next because I, like my, <laughs> my heart and soul wants to keep going down this path. I'm just Latin. like, I'm just like, we are. <laughs> We are stuck here for another hour on Latin because my brain has just like you've like you've caught like my truest, deepest, darkest nerd, and now deepest. I'm just being pulled in. It's just bad. <laughs> okay, so trying to come back, I don't know how we got the discipline thing, um, and we've learned that the Latin root is to learn is learner, right? So to to learn. Um, and I love that. And I think like, you yeah. know, we were talking about beginner's mind. We're getting back. I'm getting mm-hmm. it. I'm slowly like, yeah, there we go. It's thoughts. coming around. Yeah. Don't around. do it again though. If we, if you bring up Latin again, <laughs> we're hopeless. Like I will be sucked into the Latin vortex, um, and the nerd, the nerd world. Um, oh man. So we, we have that beginner's mind. It kind of links up to that, that we were talking about too. Right. And it's, and it's even like, I, lo- I just love this idea of like, you know, um, I'm like exposing way too much of like my upbringing and psychological disposition, but even like concepts like loyalty, I'm like, I like, I'm a big questioner in those things, but then I'm like, I love the idea of like loyalty and discipline to oneself's kind of like self, right? Like who am I? And like, and, and I like that idea in fitness of like, you know, and, and you probably heard me talk about this on the podcast. Like if I want to go or if someone wants to go out for ice cream with their kids, it's like we can discipline ourselves to some arbitrary set of values that aren't really ours, or we can discipline ourselves to learning how to do that. And like with the root word of discipline and all of these things, like in our talk around this, I really think that like we're kind of just showing listeners like hey, like I've done the podcast on how I don't like discipline and how I don't like the application of it in in the fitness industry in many ways. But what we're kind of showing is we're kind of showing like this is the balanced way. This is the the middle way, right? As um, as I'm sure- I told you I was a moderate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just sure that we can, like that there are now nerd roots, nerd traps everywhere. Um, but um, yeah, now I'm lost again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is truly like, and, and, you know, a lot of what I'm trying to do is I see in the fitness industry, it's like, we've got rigidity and structure and like these hard rules of how people should become fit. And, you know, our culture is, 
you know, likes that. It eliminates uncertainty. It gives us a lot. But then what I see is that the the other side of the pendulum of flexibility and more of that softer engagement with things that is maybe bringing a little bit more meaning and a little bit more receptivity. And when it comes back with a vengeance, you know, it, it puts us in this this really bad like cycle, right? I call it like a health and fitness roller coaster. And um, what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do is largely not to eliminate structure, rigidity, discipline, all of those things, but just to bring the pendulum back to the middle and uh, and bring in some flexibility, bring in some receptivity and some, you know, curiosity about who we are, what our bodies are doing and that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to bail me out of this, Erin? <laughs> I think that I think that yes, yes, exactly. Like we do have these tendencies to extreme. We want rules. Like we want people to tell us, you know, what to do. Stay here. Do this. You'll get results. Like X equals Y. You know. Um, but it's just not. It it's just not the case when we're talking about humans um, who have responsibilities and we're not robots and. Um, yeah, I do like the concept for a lot of moms and a lot of women. It totally applies to men too, though, of guardrails instead of rules. Do you ever use this? Yeah, I use, yeah. So yeah, like guidelines or principles or yeah. even like I talk a lot about boundaries and like creating mm -hmm. containers. Mm -hmm. I use the word container so much because I'm a psychology container. nerd. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, like if you think about guardrails, you know, on the road or whatever, and, and we have the phrases like, you know, falling off the wagon or off the path or whatever. So guardrails, it, it fits with the imagery that people have in their mind. But, but you know, when we, um, when we set up, you know, little things like that, like, and use questions like what decisions are going to make me, what behaviors are going to make me Proud. You know, when, when my head hits the pillow, like, how do I want to feel tonight when I go to bed? Um, things like that to kind of shape behaviors other than, rather than just giving them, you know, here's my rules for weight loss. This is what I'm going to need you to do. And when you check in next week, if you haven't done this, you know, shame on you, <laughs> you know, like you're going to be disappointing me or whatever. And that's, you know, the, there's no, there's no place for that. Yeah. So that is something when you said rules, like we do use guardrails a good bit. And, um, and also, you know, there is time, both of us, you know, periodization is our friend, um, in terms of nutrition and with, um, and with your training. And I think that why it's so nice is because it fits normal lifestyles so well. I mean, it's just, it's seasonal, it's cyclical, it's, it's periodized. We're not a hundred percent, you know, focus as an arrow on health and nutrition and fitness 365 days a year. Um, so I have an app coming out like the, our training app that's coming out like next week. Do you have and a one of the one? things that <laughs> I'm going to, it's all going to be written in Latin actually. Oh, perfect. You have to actually I, I, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> free Latin lesson every Friday. Um, so, <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to keep in mind, um, is like the calendar year. And that's something that I, like with our one-on-one -on -one clients, one whole page of, of our check-in process is like calendar planning. So like, I don't want to be in a cut if you're going to Europe for two weeks in 
September, you know, like that's ridiculous. Um, or if you know that every May, um, and, and May is like end of the school year for us, it, it might be June for you guys. I don't know. I know it's different May, June. Um, you know, the time that hits, if you're a mom, it's like December times 20, like with all the things that are added to your schedule and, and everything. Um, and then of course we have the holiday season. Like we have to keep these natural rhythms in mind when we are making plans and, and periodizing things like nutrition. And so, um, part of the thing that we worked on with, um, when, when I was developing like the programming for the app is taking natural seasons of life into consideration. So pulling back training three days a week, you know, during those super busy, busy times and then pushing during the times when, when it is makes sense to push when we have the time or it, not even that we have the time, we have the structure. <laughs> Everybody's in school. Everybody has like, we have normal life kind of occurring, but summertime, springtime, holiday, you know, it's okay to pull back knowing that you are going to have more demands on you as a person more time that is just not going to be around. Um, and so we kind of, you know, pull it back a little bit and I think that's normal and, and healthy. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, it's a novel concept for many people. And that kind of shows like our collective fitness value because, you know, people, I even had a client who's been working with me for a while, amazing results. And, um, she was saying, like June's really busy for me. Like I've got all these things going on, blah, blah. And I responded and I was like, well, let's, let's think about June. What would work for you? Like, do you want to train, you know, only for half an hour, four days a week? Do you want to train three days a week? Like, what do you want to do? And she responded and she was like, I had never thought of that. Like of like planning. I didn't think that it. was an and option. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's like, I've been working yeah. with her for almost nine months and we do it. Right. Like Christmas for me with all my clients, just so everyone knows, the point of Christmas is to like do Christmas like you do it. Yeah. Because if mm -hmm. we haven't been EMC haven't been closes. Like, pardon? Yeah. <laughs> EMC yeah. closes for two weeks. Like and my advice, my, I'm always like, you just do Christmas. They're like, what do I do? It's like Christmas. Like you have your workouts. If you want to do them, do them. But like, if you're going out with your family and like they want to do hot chocolate, you don't have to like rip open a packet of electrolytes and drink water. Right? Like, <laughs> you don't have to do Tupperware and stuff. Um, but I also wanted to touch on Aaron too. Th what I like about the concepts of like in your you're using guardrails, right? And when we're talking about like a track, and and I always like kind of fight the thing like when I try never to use the term like get back on track to my clients or get off track because when we orient to the experience it's all relevant right so that so-called off track moment brings you that brings you you know experience and value but when you're when we're talking about a track tracks are there's one way right like a train does not like you know decide to turn left when it can't when the track is going straight you can't do that and what I like about guardrails, though, is like they already imply a little bit of freedom within them, right? It's like you can veer a little bit to the right. And even if you hit the guardrail, you're probably going to be okay. That's what it's there for. And, you know, I had said I use the concept of containers. And what I like with those, and we're talking about like balancing against too much rigidity and too much flexibility, is, you know, if you take the concept of a track and you're like, no, we're not going to use a track, we're going to use an open field that's endless. It's like, cool. Well, that's just like, you just can go and do whatever you want. That's not an, enough structure to get to where you want to be. But what we do with the guardrails is it's a structured approach that has flexibility within it. 
right? And that's a very good application. And like with containers, I'm always like, and then I view my role as a coach, especially in the beginning is like, I hold the boundaries and help you, right? Like I say like, hey, like this is maybe outside of what we think is gonna get us to our goal, but we can certainly move right up against that limit and live there and, and get where we wanna go. And then over time, as we go through many, many experiences of that, or like in your instance, the guardrail, right? Getting right up against the guardrail. It's like the client then learns how those containers or guardrails look in their specific lives. And to me, that's like a very important part of coaching is not only that I'm guiding, but that I am teaching someone how to fitness on their own. So like you, my clients work with me, I would say on an average of a year. Um, you know, and that's with limited data, like it could be longer. It's definitely not less. Um, but when they leave, they have, I'm confident they have a skill set to manage their life. And that's kind of what I want is I, I want you to have a skill set for your life and your process in your fitness. Whereas I think a lot of what people are getting these days, and it's, it's thankfully changing, right? Like you are not doing that approach at all. But I think a lot of people get you know, oh, I've worked with a coach for a year and now I'm really good at running that coach's process, right? And it's like, it's not quite mine. And and anyway, so I'm just kind of like spitballing. Um, but I, I kind of was just saying, I appreciate those concepts that you're bringing is you're bringing that, that moderation that you, you know, naturally are inclined to. And I think that that's why a lot of people have so quickly and so in such an engaging and, and real way kind of attached to your message because it is kind of an antidote to this very common message of, you know, you know, this, you know, we have like the terrible fitness. I'm not talking about that. Like where it's like, oh, just cut out all these food groups and then do CrossFit all the time and you'll be a Greek god in a matter of hours. It's like, no, we're talking about like even like well-written stuff. Like it's still kind of mired in that, um, that rigidity and that structure. So I just appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I get a lot of, um, like, especially in like intake forms, people referring to like wanting their, wanting to get back, wanting to get like looking backward, you know, to um, either before they had kids or, you know, 10 years ago when they were in their 20s and whatever. Um, they want to be, they want to get back to where they were. And so I, something I really try to, to, to move them toward is to like, that is past, <laughs> like that is past you. Um, and you are way better, you know, now is like the 2.0, the 3.0, the 4.0 versions of yourself. Um, and so that's another thing that we just, try to, to press forward. And, you know, we're not trying to go back in time before you had the experience that you have before you have the, you know, maturity that you have now before, you know, your body was fully developed. I mean, we're women, you know, some women, it takes us a while to, to really look like a woman. And, um, so, so that's another thing that we, that I try to kind of hammer with clients is just like we're moving forward like look look forward and not behind you all the time do you find that with your your women in particular yes I, I find it with everyone and I think that there's like uh, episode number two podcast in there like there's so much that we could we could really unpack because you know 
oh yeah there's so much like i mean but yes i do experience that and i think that it's and i'll and i'll I'll leave it at this is that i think it's an extremely like gracious and compassionate act to move forward and like grieve that um and allow yourself to have been that and not be that today and open up to like what is new and what could be better and will likely be better in terms of like what your life is now because like you said like there are so many pieces of context that weren't in place then right you know right and and there's a yeah but um we will do a second episode for that maybe (laughs) Uh, because (laughs) because i i could say you know so we could get all the way down into the latin roots of things for that and we could i could do a little latin lesson yeah. for us for that one exactly like we'll break down the word past and then like go from there yes um, but uh i i'll wrap it up because i know that you are tight on time you're very busy running your business and your life um so thank you so much aaron this was such an awesome conversation i'm so happy to have spent this hour with you and i know that the listeners have because at this point they're listening to it, have enjoyed this so much. So thank you so much. Before we let you go, why don't you let people know kind of what you're up to, where they can find out more about you. I'll obviously put it all in the show notes so that they can find you. But yeah. Yeah. Um, You can find me on Instagram. That's the only platform that I'm on. (laughs) Me too. um, It's Erin Moore Coaching, just E-R-I-N-M-O-O-R-E Coaching. Um, and anything that you need to know will be there. But yeah, we do one-on-one coaching. I have an assistant coach who's wonderful as well. Her name's Bailey, and she just had a baby like a week ago. So she's very fresh in the postpartum world, yeah. Um, And we are launching our um, workout app, our training app next week. So I don't know when this will air, but it will be available very soon, probably by the time it airs. Um, And yeah. Yeah, I would love to connect with anybody who finds me over on the Insta world. Awesome. Well, I'm sure many people will find their way over there. Thank you so much, Erin. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I feel like we need to like give a special thank you if you made it through the, the Latin. yes yes thank you to all listeners that made (laughs) it through the latin and thank you even more to the ones that got excited about it yes you are our people (laughs) exactly (laughs) thank you for listening to the experience oriented fitness podcast if you enjoyed the episode and found it valuable please share it with the people in your life that you think would benefit from this information If you don't have anyone in mind, I encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode, throw it up on your favorite social media feed, and if that happens to be Instagram, tag me with the handle at CoachCalebK. Lastly, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. Send me a question about the episode or your favorite part of the episode via DM on Instagram at CoachCalebK. Until next time.